Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, General Contractor Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. GAF, we protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply, providing contractors, home builders, and many others with superior quality roofing products. And my name's Eric Smith, and across from me, Donnie Blanchard, and as you heard, this is the Carolina Contractor Show. Man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about because time flies by, and, and me and Donnie, we have these conversations that never make the air, and there's stuff going on behind the scenes, and Donnie's got a sneak peek of some stuff coming up in a minute. But first, I want to give a basic outline of what the Carolina Contractor Show is about. It's about your house and things you can do with your house, DIY projects, things you might need to maintain, to keep your house in great shape, things you can do yourself. Hey, maybe you got something coming up, a project, and you're not sure, should I hire someone or should I do it myself? I need a new roof. You could contact Top Roofing. Maybe you are getting ready for the nicer weather and you want to do something outside and there's projects that you have on your, your mind that you'd like to tackle. We love talking about those things. And we also like hearing from you. And that's why we have a thing on our website called Ask the Contractor. And the website first is thecarolinacontractor.com. And there's a little button that says Ask the Contractor. Those questions go to Donnie, who, again, as I said, is a general contractor, and it doesn't matter what it is about your house. It can be the roof, but it can be inside or outside. It can be electrical or plumbing, and and we talk about other things and DIY projects, whatever you got, send it there at the website. And the advantage of a general contractor on a show like this is huge, and I'll explain why. I worked in radio for a long time, and then I switched over to the building supply business, and I do that in eastern North Carolina with a company called Home Builders. And Donnie's a general contractor, and a lot of people know the name, I guess, Donnie, of general contractor, but they don't know what they do, and they don't know when they would need one. They think that's probably only for new builds, but that's not true, and and we're going to address that. So if you've ever wondered about general contractors and what they do with houses, especially when it comes to flipping a house. Today's show is going to be a double education, flipping and working with a general contractor. Donnie, I kind of teased this and I've been talking the whole time. First of all, great to talk to you again as usual. Yes, sir. You have some crazy stuff that's been going on in the background that is literally perfect for not only today's show, but as a general contractor. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So this thing, this opportunity presented itself about a year ago, and we had uh, Dedrick and Crystal Polite from Fifty Fifty Flip on A&E Network in studio to do an interview. They called me to meet them on site because they had been referred to me by a couple of people. So uh, it, it was one of those things where fate stepped in. And when we talked on the job site, somehow the conversation circled back to the fact that they were about to release season one of a nationally televised show, and it was in my hometown. So I told them that I had mentioned that to a few people around town and and nobody seemed to know that it was a thing. So brought them in for an interview because, of course, we're broadcasted across five different radio stations. And uh, we just have a, a lot of local push with the with with this show and with the podcast. So after the interview, you know, we hit it off. Interview went great. And they asked me if I'd be willing to be their contractor on season two of Fifty Fifty Flip. So fast forward a year later and everything is underway with that. We've been filming for about four or five weeks and we have about five properties underway simultaneous and each property just has its own personality. I can't say enough for what we've been able to pull off and compared to season one, I think season two is just going to be a big hit. There's so much chemistry with the cast and the production crew that I, I've never been a part of anything like this. And when I say that, you know, behind the scenes and after hours and the phone calls and, and things that come through, 
I think we're putting together something special and um, I'm just very grateful to be a part of it. And, you know, I don't want to word it this way, but it kind of gives me a chance to flex my muscle a little bit because I'm the contractor on the show and I do what I do day in and day out, regardless if there's a video camera there. But I want to give you some credit because you've brought me so far along with uh, this radio show and we've been doing this for four years and I've learned a, a lot about what you do and you've learned a lot about what I do. So it's kind of funny that when this video or this TV show opportunity came along, it's basically like I'm doing the same thing that we do here, but I'm doing it on video instead of just audio. So kind of hit the ground running and I knew what to do when the time came. And, um, you know, they've, they put some challenges in front of me and everything from my experience to my relationship with inspectors has paid off. And it's almost like everything I've trained for in the last 15 years came to a head with this show. So very excited. We're finishing it out. There'll be 10 episodes on season two, uh, potentially more. And uh, they they have me really tight-lipped about everything. So you can't tell about locations or descriptions of properties, but we can say that everything's underway and it's going to be a really good thing. And I think the cool thing is uh, we're, we're going to try to get them in the studio. And, and we've like you said, we've had the polites on before, but now A&E said they'd like to come in the studio. So it's just going crazy with us, isn't it? We didn't plan <laughs> for any of this. We just winged it. And look, we're going to be movie stars. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but it is definitely... Uh, a great opportunity. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where they're going to set up in studio there and we're, we're just going to make a, a really good thing to talk about some of the houses and basically promote season two. And I'm really looking forward to it because I've never quite been a part of anything like this. And I promise I won't be a smart aleck when the TV crews are there. No. Oh no, you can. It's not that, are we ready for them? Are they ready for me? Yes, exactly. So 50-50 Flip is the show. It's on A&E and in the future, you'll be able to see Donnie. He'll be a rock star on TV and we'll have them in the studio. Again, we had them on last year, but flipping houses became very big thing in the past uh, six, seven years. And then some people kind of got into house flipping and and lost a lot of investment because they didn't know what they were doing. You now are in this, this sweet spot of information because you're literally doing this. You're a general contractor and you are flipping houses and it just happens to be filmed. So today we thought it would be a great idea to talk about flipping houses and and having a general contractor involved versus people that think I got $50,000 or a hundred, I'm just going to do it myself and I'll do the painting and the tile. And so the whole point of flipping a house is people just think about finding the house, closing that deal, and they think then they got money. But today we want to focus on having the right contractor. And you said executing that is the most important thing, right, Donnie? Yeah, they've made me aware that season two is going great That because I guess, like I said earlier, my relationships with the inspectors and just my experience. And when you tackle some of these jobs, none of them present the same challenges. So having somebody in place that knows what to do when you do run into a challenge is everything. What are some of the things that someone who maybe is in the market to flip a house and wants a general contractor like yourself, what are some of the first steps they need to take? Well, establishing a relationship with that contractor is really, really important because that contractor works for other people as well. So knowing that you're going to get paid on time and knowing that the people that you're working with are solid and basically being on the same teams in terms of the same cause makes a big difference. And for instance, I'm you know doing these houses for the Polites and uh, we've gotten to know each other on a personal level and they're great people and they do a lot for a lot of people. And I really like that. And it causes me to jump on board and put them uh, to the front of the line, so to speak. But yeah, a lot of people put focus on finding a great deal and getting the house for the cheapest amount of money and then, you know, closing the deal. And then they say, well, now what? Because they don't have the construction experience. So I think that it is good that having that contractor in place 
is is just as important as the good deal and closing the good deal and selling it at the end. Donnie, do you think it's important that a general contractor has for the most part their own workers or is it okay to sub out that stuff if you're doing a flip? It depends on the trade. So I, I would say that if you were uh, interested in flipping a house and you were interviewing contractors, find a contractor that has his own in-house workers because that means he controls the schedule. So if you're a contractor with no in-house workers, you're basically at the mercy of other people who are self-employed. So having a subcontractor crew is the right thing to do because if you have multiple flips going, of course, an in-house crew just can't tackle that. And your in-house crew, uh, for instance, my guys, so they're great framers, they're wonderful siding guys and excellent roofers. Uh, but if you get outside of that, you know, some guys may be good at trim, some guys may be good at drywall, and some guys may be good at paint, but not the whole crew collectively. So I would say that interviewing that contractor and asking the right questions is a big deal. Saying, hey, you know, do you have two crews or one crew? And if you have one crew, how big is that crew? But yeah, definitely a good thing to know when you're interviewing somebody who you might consider doing your work. Should you pick out the general contractor before or after you get the house. Considering the labor shortage and just how busy everybody is in my world, I would say it's a definite to go ahead and lock that contractor up before, especially if you've never done a flip before, because that contractor is going to be filling you out too. He's going to want to know, are you credible? Do you pay? What's your, where's the money coming from? What are your ideas? Like how far do you want to take this thing? Cause some people have big ideas, a big idea on an older home, for instance, that just doesn't have the structural capacity to deal with it. You, you may be better off just basically upgrading all the existing things, definitely having a contractor in place. So when you close that deal, you don't have a lot of time, depending on the financing, you know, you don't want to close a deal and then maybe take a year to do a flip and get your money at the end of the year. The name of the game is, uh, is closing that deal and getting that thing back on the market as fast as possible. So having him in place beforehand is going to be key. A long time ago, Donnie, before I even got into the building supply side of construction, you said one way to find a great contractor or someone to do work at your house is go to a supply center, a building supply company or a roofing supply because they know all the contractors. They know them by name. They know if they're, they pay their bills. They know what their work is like. And now I see that a lot at our company when people come in and say, hey, uh, I want to buy those windows or I want to buy that entry door. Do you guys install it? And I can say no, but I can give you the names of some great GCs that can do that for you if you want to call them. Right. And I want to add to that because I also mentioned that uh, calling the inspections department uh, is another way to find a great contractor. The inspections department, of course, they do everything from the plan review to the inspections in the field, and they'll be quick to tell you somebody that they like to work with because it makes everybody's job easier. And uh, they also know who's been around for how long. And I agree with your point totally. The building supply and the inspections department, you don't really have a dog in the fight. You just kind of give a free recommendation that's far better than what you could find online just by searching. How important is it to have a general contractor do a walkthrough through a house that you've bought as a flipper? Once you've committed to a contractor, definitely have that person walk the property because uh, home inspections aren't what they were pre-COVID. And uh, a lot of the, the inventory just isn't there. So, so a lot of these home inspectors are maybe in with a realtor, for instance, and you know they don't work for you or uh, the seller, either one. Because in some cases, they just want the sale to go through. So you don't really know who's in cahoots with who. So having your own person to walk that house could be really important. And if a home inspector, uh, for instance, is uh, the favorite person from the realtor, then they just want the sale to go through and may not have your best interest at heart. But walking it with somebody who's experienced with structural issues or, you know, knows what they're looking for, you know, whether it be plumbing, mechanical, electrical, the big ticket items. Having someone on your side could save you from falling into a money pit, a house that basically isn't salvageable and something that you might run into with structural issues that could cost you 
as much as twenty, thirty thousand dollars, and that would basically blow your profit. So yeah, having that person on your side is is very important up front. Is there a, like a something you should look out for when you're doing a flip? Because we're going to assume it's going to be a twenty year or older house that you're going to do a flip with. The older houses are a bear, and a newer houses, uh, you know, that's the make up on a monster kind of thing where they just haven't been very well maintained, and you can go in there a coat of paint, new floors, maybe new cabinets and put that baby back on the market. But the older houses, it could take another, you know, one to two months to flip an older house just because of how they were put together. I know we've mentioned this before, but building code got enforced in 1983 in our area. And before that, everything was like the Wild West. So people's brothers, cousins, uncle basically did the job and not everybody was as handy. And, you know, the population wasn't as dense as it is now. We just didn't have as many qualified people back then as we do today. But I will say that older houses are one of those things that I definitely cross my T's and dot my I's on. And this is just what my brain would do if I showed up to a house from 1950 and I said, okay, I need to check X, Y, and Z before you buy this thing or put an offer in. Number one on the list is how many beds and baths does a house have? Because you want to consider the market. You want to consider the comparisons or the comps. If it doesn't have enough bathrooms, for instance, that could swing the sale price fifty to $70,000 because a lot of these older homes may have four bedrooms and one bath. And if the perimeter or the envelope or footprint of this house doesn't make sense to add a bathroom, then you may be in trouble there because it's going to be hard to sell a house with one bathroom and get top dollar for it these days. So that's not my decision to make, but it is something I like to bring to the attention of the potential buyer. The second thing, and I just kind of commented on this, but does the layout make sense? 30, 40, 50 years ago, basically all the houses were rectangular and they didn't have a family room in mind that opened up into the kitchen where you could uh, basically be cooking dinner in the kitchen and see the kids in the living room right next door. You know, it was completely different before we had all the engineered products that we have now where you can span 30 or 40 feet with no supports. And uh, so basically, and I say this a lot of times on the show that virtually every wall in a older home is load bearing. And if it's in line or parallel with the ceiling joist, not always, but every wall is holding up something. So if you notice the rooms are a lot smaller in older homes and figuring out the layout makes sense. And then if you can change that layout is enough, is something you need to take into consideration. Another thing, Donnie, I assume is a big difference with these older houses is the insulation, right? As in there isn't much. So a lot of these older <laughs> homes didn't they didn't insulate in the walls. And uh and the more of these flip jobs I do, I, I'm blown away because we put, we put so much focus on insulation and just how important it is to the HVAC system. And we talk about the houses like, you know, it's big working machine, similar to how your body works. Everything's got to be in harmony for you to get the most efficiency and so forth. But yeah, a lot of these walls, the only thing they had going on for insulation is a really thick plaster wall. So um, that is a definite challenge. And one thing I do when I look at these flip homes is I open the crawl space. You want to see if it has any insulation at all. And of course, current code is R19. And most of them don't have insulated floors, which is really uncomfortable in the winter. The walls normally aren't insulated. And there's really no way to tell if you're just looking at a house that you may consider buying. That's one of those things you have to roll the dice on. But you can stick your head in the attic and see if there's any attic insulation. If there is any attic insulation present, it's usually depleted and it's usually pressed down and has absorbed moisture and everything. So of course, current code is R38. And I would just go ahead and put that in your budget if you're walking a house to plan on insulating the crawl space and the attic, if not the exterior walls as well. And then all these houses have big uh, rectangles cut in the side of them and squares where they had the old school windows. That's kind of an expensive upgrade, but it's something you 
you just have to do when you flip, right? I'd say it's about half and half because the window problem, of course, uh, you can only deal with the old windows for so long. And those older single pane windows just aren't made like they do now. And, and a lot of those people, even if they're selling a house, they've bit that bullet a while back. I will say that if they're older than 15, 20 years old, you may consider putting replacement windows in the budget. Now, of course, the code is it's two panes with argon gas in between the two panes and a low E coating. And while windows are only an R3, uh, I, it is very important for air sealing the house and it can make a big impact on your HVAC bills. So uh, yeah, checking out the windows is a big deal and windows sort of like HVAC and roofing are one of those big ticket items. Do you find it difficult to do or make decisions on what to do with the old siding of a house, especially if it's a hardwood siding or trying to just match stuff up if it's a flip? If it's an old siding house, you might as well go ahead and plan on replacing the siding. One thing that you can do to save money is you can add an exterior insulation to the house and then put vinyl siding over that. So you don't necessarily have to demo what they have in place. But a lot of these older homes, especially a ranch house, they were brick houses. So basically they're you're buying a fort. And you don't want to compromise that brick because that's the most expensive veneer option out there now. And it's what I prefer even in new construction. So popular thing that I'm seeing with these flip homes is just painting the brick. So maybe doing some shutters on top of that. But uh, a painted brick is a good look. And I think that's one way that you can save money and leave in place what's already there. You know, one thing I like about our relationship, Donnie, on the Carolina Contractor Show is we can be honest enough to agree to disagree. I don't like painted brick. That'd be something that I would see and go, oh, man, and they had good brick and, and they painted over. I do understand why people do it. Uh, real quick, as this is a Carolina contractor show, what we're talking about is there's a lot of interest in flipping houses. And Donnie is a general contractor and how important it is to have a general contractor if you're going to flip a house because it's not easy to do. Um, one thing I've noticed on my side of the business of people that are going in doing repairs of houses or maybe updates, Donnie, is molding, chair rail, and speed base from houses that are 20, 30, 40, some houses in my area of Eastern North Carolina, 80, 90 year old houses, there's no speed base or trim that matches anymore. So you either have to get a blade cut and have a mill make it custom, which cost thousands of dollars, or you just have to start off with something new. So that's another problem. You can walk into an old house and go, this, this looks great. We'll cut out this wall. How are you going to match all that molding and all that trim and, and stuff like that now? Because you can't buy it at the local big box store. You're going to have to have that custom made. I'm sure you've come across things that you just can't replace because the house is so old, right? Yes, sir. And and I'm a big fan. That that custom mill work from 40, 50, 60 years ago just can't be replaced. And so I, I'm a fan. And that the wood that you're buying when you, when you have that, I'm sorry, the wood in that custom trim was all slow grown lumber. So it's much harder, more dense, and it's just a better product and it's super custom. So if you can get creative and make an old trim work, I love it. But uh, the average buyer, you know, they're looking for new, even though it's not as good of a product, they want that nice new feel of something that matches what you would see in most new homes. So unfortunately people don't have the same taste that you and I do with the trim, but yeah, I see that a lot. And, and you have to bite the bullet on that and usually just scrap it. What about if you're flipping a house, especially again, we're talking 25, 50 year old houses, electrical, you're, you're going to have to have stuff tested out, I assume. So yeah, electrical is the big one that I was, I was going to comment on that. And with the electrical, if you walk into a house and you see that uh, it's, it only wired or the outlets are only for a two prong plug, then you're probably in trouble. And there's some things, some ways around that where you can add three prong outlets and you can trace it back and add a GFI and like a kitchen area and just pull everything off of that. 
and, and you don't necessarily have to rewire the house, but I'd say about half of these have to be rewired because what they did for electrical just wasn't safe. It definitely wasn't up to current code. And uh, just to while we're on electrical, I'll go ahead and throw in the plumbing and the HVAC as well. Uh, when you look at the plumbing, you want to see if you see any cast iron pipes for drains or any copper for supplies. And, you know, if that, that home is on a well, for instance, we've commented on previous shows that uh, a well water will erode that copper pipe from the inside out. So uh, definitely, you know, want to take that into consideration because now maybe you have to rewire it with electrical. And on top of that, you have to rip out all the plumbing and go back with PECs for the supply lines and PVC for the drains. And then, you know, walking outside, check out the HVAC unit. If it looks like it's seen its best days, all of a sudden you've got forty to $50,000 that you got to spend on what we say PME, plumbing, mechanical, and electrical. And if that just doesn't work after you buy the house and expect to sell it for a profit, those are the three big things that you need to look at. Since I touched on plumbing, I'll throw this in too, but what kind of water heater does the house have? That's a big thing to take into consideration. The shelf life on a water heater is what, 10, 12 years? So yeah, if that water heater has to go, you know, you're looking at a full house replumb. So the cost just keeps going up if you don't know to check for the right things. And also walking through an old house, man, a lot of people overlook the floors, and I don't mean to make sure they're good, but hardwood floors, those, we talked about the the molding and the trim can be that nice, dense hardwood that you can't replace. Same with those floors. A lot of them, you pull up a rug and you might be stunned the good condition those hardwood floors are in. And I would assume if I were flipping a house, I'm getting the floors done because if a buyer wants to add costs and cover them up later, then go on with them bad selves and do that. But I think having those hardwood floors that are a hundred years old would just make a house pop. Yeah, I agree. And the funny thing about that is that you'll still have to have those hardwoods sanded and refinished. And now LVP has taken the world by storm. So LVP, they re-engineered the core of it. It's waterproof now, scratch resistant, burn proof. So the cost of LVP is just about the same thing as sanding and refinishing hardwood. Maybe you save a little bit. So Either way, you're okay on floors. I don't put as much emphasis there because sanding and refinishing something that's old, if somebody knows what they're getting, they're saying, hey, like these floors were probably grown three or 400 years ago and th this is my floor in my house and they'll they'll pay for that. But very worst case scenario, you know, having an overlay LVP is, is somewhere close in terms of cost. All right. This is Carolina Contractor Show. We're wrapping up a few minutes. We're talking about if you want to get into house flipping how advantageous it is to have a general contractor, Donnie Blanchard being a general contractor. And, and Donnie's right in the sweet spot of all this because he's also working with the Be Polites and the 50-50 Flip Show that will be airing on A&E about that too. But I want to get a couple of things. How do you plan for the inevitable surprise of flipping a house? And I don't even know what those surprises would be. Do you say, pull some money to the side? Or do you, would you tell a, a buyer, Donnie, Get ready because something will probably pop up. Yeah, I, you want to, you don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. So when you set expectations, that's one thing that you have to make people aware of and and say, hey, you know, I can only see this at this point. And definitely, there's definitely surprises when you open up a wall. You just don't know if you're going to find termite damage or uh, things that are sight unseen at the time of the walkthrough. So uh, definitely planning for surprises with just a little extra in the budget. I'd say, you know, be conservative with your budget because that's how you're going to make the most money. But also, if you're borrowing from a private lender or a bank, you know, add a little extra in there, cushion yourself because you don't want to have to come out of pocket for that. And uh, if you can do this and have that money financed versus 
come out with hard cash, then that that's really the way to do it. What's the turnaround realistically for the average flip? Average flip, I'd say two months. So if you buy an older home, you might as well pad that or maybe even double that because an older home is going to have more to do. So if you buy something that was built, I'd say 1980 forward, you can probably do that in about eight weeks. But I would definitely uh, give yourself an extra four weeks if you've never done it before. If you've got all your ducks in a row, then go ahead and challenge yourself. And I'd say that's realistic. We hope you've enjoyed today's edition of the Carolina Contractor Show, talking about flipping houses and and having a general contractor do it. And uh, we'll keep you updated on Donnie becoming a movie star. And, and again, hit that website, thecarolinacontractor.com. And if you have a question about flipping a house or turning your uh, bathroom over or doing updates on a kitchen, or you just have a general question about construction, please ask Donnie, click on that, ask the contractor button, and you can download this show and a bunch of others, hundreds, literally at the website and listen to them in the podcast form. That's thecarolinacontractor.com. And we hope you tune in next week for another edition of the Carolina Contractor Show. Thanks everybody. Appreciate the support. Hey, it's Eric Smith, co-host of the Carolina Contractor Show for SureTop Roofing. A brand new roof is even more affordable than ever. SureTop Roofing, your local GAF Master Elite certified roofer, now offers financing plans for as low as $85 a month. That's probably less than your internet or cell phone bill. With approved credit, you can finance that brand new roof for 10 years at 9.9%, and that includes warranties for up to 50 years. But this offer is only available from SureTop Roofing, so schedule your free estimate at SureTop Roofing. That's SureTopRoofing.com.